Welcome to Happy Hour, a podcast where I interview and highlight API creatives. I'm Melissa Cho, and in this episode of Happy Hour, I talk to Justin Kim, the 21-year-old Korean-American artist, musician, and filmmaker who goes by the name Suave Punk as his musical alter ego. Although Justin played piano and guitar growing up, he never considered music as a career possibility until a few years ago during freshman year of college. Three years later, he's now working with a boutique record agency and recently released two new singles, Dreams of Losing Teeth and Heat Death, both songs which have reached almost 30,000 streams each on Spotify and have appeared on top Spotify curated playlists such as Fresh Finds, Alternative Beats, All New Rock, Today's Indie Rock, and more. I've always been um, a huge fan of, I would say, classic rock and like 80s music growing up. Yeah, it was just all like classic rock, like 80s synth pop, and then like for some strange reason like shoegaze and like <laughs> dream pop, like those obscure genres. Before you hear my full chat with Justin, I invite you to grab a drink of your choice and let's spend happy hour together. My guest today is Justin Kim, the 21-year-old Korean-American artist, musician, and filmmaker who goes by the name Suave Punk as his musical alter ego. Suave Punk was actually the title of Justin's first song, and he liked the name so much that he decided to attach it to his own creative identity. His other personas also include being someone who loves fishing, or someone who developed a southern twang after growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood in southeastern Florida. Justin's discovery of his love for storytelling was when his father gifted him a point-and-shoot camera 11 years ago. He's since been honing this craft at film school, but during freshman year of college started becoming more serious about pursuing music. Growing up and listening to the radio, Justin naturally gravitated towards funk, classic rock, 80s synth-pop, and shoegaze or dream-pop. He actually never listened to pop music as a kid, so he joked about not knowing who this Katy Perry person was when his family moved to California. Now represented by a record agency, he's currently working on releasing his debut EP titled Heaven is a Night Drive, a collection of five songs that he's been writing since freshman year. This conversation was recorded in mid-July, so we had our chat just the day before Justin published his EP's second single and music video called Heat Death, which you'll get to listen to at the end of this episode. But at that time, we discussed his recently released first single, Dreams of Losing Teeth, a song born from loneliness, rejection, heartbreak, recurring dreams, and the solemn realization regarding the painful yet hopeful passage of time. What's your happy hour drink right now, Justin? I just realized you took a sip. <laughs> I have a uh, nice little vodka ginger ale that I made. Ooh! Yeah, yeah. I love it when guests, they um, they come up with their own little drinks. I don't have one right now. I just have water. So I, oh, that's the I best might drink. be cheating. That's the, <laughs> that <laughs> that's is the, the best, best drink, drink that you can do. I went on Spotify today uh, to check oh. your music. And uh-huh. I saw that your song... Dreams of Losing Teeth has over 26,000 streams on Spotify. So congratulations. It's over the 20K. It's over the 20K. I feel like, so I, yes, I asked you on the show because Mm -hmm. I know you, Justin, 
but then I don't really、um, know you. You know,、uh, I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know you as someone who does music, who does film, has <laughs> a great sense of humor. But then、uh, I read your bio and I realized, okay, there's this entire background about you that I just want to dig into in in this chat. And、uh-huh. when you sent me your bio, so I learned that you were the first person in your family born outside of Korea. You、mm-hmm. you were born in Wisconsin, raised、mm-hmm. in Florida. You moved、yep. to Southern California when you were ten,、mm-hmm. and that is like a transplant experience.、Um, and the first time, and I and you drove your family drove from Florida to California. How long was that drive? How many hours was that? I've never done that before, nor that do I think was... I ever want to. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually an amazing trip.、Um, I think in all, it took about a a week. It took about a week to get through、mm-hmm. everything. But、uh, we were stopping and sightseeing and doing all that good stuff. So、um, it definitely took a lot longer time than if you just drive straight. But funny thing is,、um, my dad and my me, my sister, and my mom for apart for about a, a year we lived apart because、um, my dad was working in California. Well. We were still in、uh, Florida. Like、um, this is before, like we found a house and stuff. So、uh, my dad was、uh, teaching. He was teaching at、uh, Cal Poly Pomona, and he still teaches there、um, as a professor. He was teaching, but、um, throughout that year, he would some- sometimes come and visit us, like on holidays and stuff. And、uh, he would drive, like, yeah, he would just drive,、uh, and he w- that would take him three days for to get from Southern California to Florida. All he would do is just like stop for food and then like take little naps. But、um, like if you were gonna go like hard on the road trip and just like drive the entire time, it'd take about three days to get from Florida to California. But、um, yeah, crazy stuff. Cause like he was driving like a '90s Mitsubishi at the time, and that thing would like like break down in the middle of the desert in like <laughs> New Mexico. So my dad was telling us like he was prepared with like the jugs of.、Um, Distilled water、uh, when the engine overheats, and like he was just like kind of stranded for hours. <laughs> But、um, yeah, he made it. He made it,、uh, and he got a new car when he got back. <laughs> so I did one road trip with my parents two years ago,、uh, uh-huh. the summer of 2019. We drove from Washington State, some so from Spokane, which is. The east side of Washington State, and we drove all the way to San Diego, which is not、uh-huh. Florida to California, but still like it's still top to long, bottom yeah, of, of the states. <laughs> and it was longer than so. Listen, we drove to San. We accidentally drove to Tijuana. <laughs>、oh. And so we 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 went when we went to San Diego that、yeah. during the leg of our trip. That、uh-huh. the second day we woke up, we were thinking, what should we do in San Diego? We had some ideas being tossed around. We weren't、yeah. really feeling it.、And、my mom was like, "Oh, we should go to Tijuana because she went 20 years ago, and、uh-huh. she went with her friends. And she said that there's just this tourist area where you can just walk to Tijuana. So she's like, let's park <laughs> our cars at the U.S. border, <laughs> and then we'll just like walk to Tijuana.、And、we're like, hey, okay, yeah, there's like a tourist、yeah. area. And so we were like, dr- we didn't know where the location was. And my sister,、uh-huh. she put in the Location Tijuana on Google Maps, which、uh-huh. I think was probably a big mistake. Looking back, yeah, it's kind、and、of so, general. That's a little general. <laughs> we drove, so we were like driving to Tijuana. We were like really excited.、Mm-hmm. Good thing we brought our passports and all our ID. If not, like I'd still be in Tijuana right now. Yeah. And then we see like this checkpoint area. There were no border、um, uh-huh. patrol agents. There was just no one there. It was、uh-huh. just a checkpoint with maybe、uh-huh. some some cameras. 
And we were thinking, right. that's not the border. That's not the border. Yeah. And we drove past it. And then the, the security camera, they're like scanning our license plate. Yeah. It was like taking our photos. And we were like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. It was so nice. And we drove past and we started seeing everything was in Spanish. We're like, oh, crap. And oh, so yeah, yeah. we lost our um, cell signal because we were not uh-huh. in the States anymore. And we right, were freaking right, out. Right, right. And my parents were like, Melissa, you took four years of Spanish. Why don't you translate anything? Yeah. <laughs> Which I wasn't much help. Like I could translate the signs, but mm-hmm. then I could only translate them literally. Like what does way of the rose mean? You know, is it a fountain? Yeah. Is it a market? Yeah. Is it a beach? And so it's, it's like, it's some, some things are poetic, you know? And yeah. It's it was, like, it's, it's it a little did not help. To... Did not help. But, uh, <laughs> and I, and I was not helpful too. And so. We, uh-huh. we, our, our next, so our next, um, strategy was to drive, was to physically drive as close to the border as possible so that we could maybe get cell signal and we yeah. had T-Mobile, which is not great, but then T-Mobile finally popped back in when we, we were <laughs> close to the border and then <laughs> we, all yell devices were like, put in the coordinates. And so we shifted <laughs> the coordinates back to San Diego. We were in traffic for five hours and then we made it back to San Diego. It was, <laughs> it was, that's like pretty awesome though that's pretty awesome that's looking back <laughs> yeah so then the, the, the next day when we went to la we were stuck in la traffic we're like we're chilling <laughs> this is mm-hmm. so fast yeah yeah this is nothing this is nothing <laughs> yeah so that was uh that was a big road trip experience for me and sweet, um sweet. that for your road trip from florida to socal that was also how you got kind of your first experience in film you said your dad gave you a point and shoot camera and that's kind of how you fell in love and you fell in love with film Mm -hmm. now that you're you're a musician you're an artist how do Uh you see yourself putting these two passions together for film and music for film and music um i definitely am somebody who relies a lot on music when i'm creating like ideas for films um, each like project that I'm kind of like directing or doing like uh, creative work on, I create a playlist for them on Spotify because um, it gets me really in that uh, that mood, you know, that that kind of like headspace that's conducive to the story. And um, yeah, I really try to vibe with that. And that's kind of like the stepping stone for me, at least, to be um, in a creative mindset and and kind of like get in those emotions, you know, feel those emotions that the fe- the characters will be feeling. So I definitely think um, for me, like at least in the near future, I want to work a lot with like music videos and especially with shorts and features and whatever comes my way. Um, I really want them to be very musically uh, driven, especially like I guess one of my um, inspirations is... Um, Shinichiro Watanabe, who is a uh, director of, he's, he's an anime director, but he made these two great series, like, uh, one was in the 90s called Cowboy Bebop, and the other one was in uh, 2001, I think, uh, or 2002, which was uh, Samurai Champloo, and those two series are very, very, like, musically reinforced. Like, uh, the music is almost a character uh, when it comes to the, the series. Cowboy Bebop is a very, like, bluesy, like, jazz-inspired uh, show, but it's about, like, space bounty hunters, so it's, like, it's that kind of, like, sci-fi western type thing, um, but at the same time, it has a very, like, soulful kind of, like, atmosphere about it, um, especially, like, because it delves into genres that are related to um, jazz and related to blues, so there's, like, funk that's also involved, and there's also um, all that kind of, like, uh, 
like the greats, like the old classic um, feeling music that goes with it. Um, and then Samurai Champloo is, um, it takes place in the Edo period in Japan, but um, the musical background is lo-fi hip-hop. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing to see two very, like, disparate things, but, like, when you put them together, the combination is absolutely, like, it's unmatched. So I, I would want to, like, try to add that kind of um, element to my work, uh, whether it be music videos, which would be a lot more, I guess, on the nose, because you're working with an artist song and, and whatnot, but I mean, like, uh, especially in like narrative pieces, uh, shorts, features, I really want to be um, musically inspired with that. <laughs> yeah, I think music videos have definitely reminded a lot of people that there's so much storytelling potential, like, for example, you know, for mm -hmm. uh, K-pop, it's very like, choreography based, mm -hmm. that right, in itself right. is a story. And also mm -hmm. recently with Tyler, the creator, all of his many uh, vignettes before the release of his new album, I guess. Is that called Juggernaut? Yeah. That's also another storytelling potential. Right, so, right. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot that you can do between music and film. And you also <laughs> have the prior experience of being a musician. So you were a classically trained pianist. And then you also... YouTube was your guitar master, your sensei, oh, yeah. oh, your yeah. <laughs> shifu, or what more people say, shifu. Um, when did you, I'm really curious, mm -hmm. learning more about when did you decide to become sort of a student of music into an original artist? What made that shift happen? Mm. Uh, that's, let's see, I... So, I mean, when, when you say classically, when I was, I was classically trained, I, that's a, a very big, like, uh, overstatement for, for me, especially because I was, like, your piano teacher's worst nightmare. Um, I wouldn't read the sheet, like, the sheet music, really. I'd be the kid to memorize, like, the notes, and then, like, you know, like, to this day, I have difficulty reading sheet music. So, um, I really just rely on instinct to play, <laughs> to play instruments and do all that, but um, I think... The, the bigger thing for me is kind of like a pattern that I saw was kind of breaking away from the traditional ways of learning music, you know? Um, and that's just solely due to my own um, impatience and my own... Because, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, I, I, I was like a kid that was very, like, you know, I'm like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. So I couldn't really, like, focus too much. I had, like, kind of a difficult time focusing on a lot of things. But, um, yeah, I kind of, like developed my own way of making music which was a lot more uh it's a lot less structured but um i would say it i feel the most creative when i do it so um for example for me i began to really kind of delve into studying the um the genres that i want to like work in you know and that that was around maybe I would say it's relatively recent. I think around freshman year of college is when I really turned towards music and uh, doing that in my free time and practicing other than just like, I guess, for lessons and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think during freshman year of college is when I really like looked into these uh, genres that I really enjoyed and really focused on the music theory, like studied up on the music theory for them. I've always been um, a huge fan of... Uh, I would say classic rock and like 80s music growing up because um, actually fun fact like I haven't 
heard like pop music until I moved to California because I just listened to the radio all the time. So like, yeah, it was just all like classic rock, like 80s synth pop. And then like, for some strange reason, like shoegaze and like <laughs> dream pop, like those obscure genres. I guess not so much obscure nowadays because like indie music has really adopted that um, kind of uh, sound nowadays. But like, yeah, like kind of the more uh, lesser known bands and stuff. I remember listening to like Cocteau Twins or, you know, like Lush when I was like really little and I was like, oh, this sounds great. Um, and when I moved here, I was all like, who is this Katy Perry you speak of? I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so wait, wait, yeah, I think. Was it because your parents, was it because your parents listened to classic rock and all these other types of musical genres that most people don't listen to nowadays? Um, I, I wouldn't say so. I think it's just what I kind of gravitated towards, like on the radio, like mm, sitting in mm -hmm. the car. Um, I'm like, oh, let's put a 98.9 smooth rock and roll, you know, like that was the one that was in my, my head. And I kind of just like stuck with that. And um, yeah, I, I just kind of like was in my own little rabbit hole. Um, my parents, though, like they were big influences with uh, on me on art when it comes to uh, especially like movies and music. But each parent was like had a different influence because my dad was the movie guy. Like he like in college was the guy that would go to like advanced screenings and like uh, stuff like that before everybody would go and he'd watch the movie. Um, and then, like his friends would be the ones that would say, Hey, was that movie good? You know, would you recommend? And my dad's like, eh, maybe, maybe not. But, um, my mom is a music person. She's definitely like, a music person. Um, cause like growing up in Korea, uh, she would of course listen to the, uh, like the popular music in Korea, like during the eighties, you know? Um, but at the same time, like American pop music was like breaking borders at the time. And like, she was like, Oh yeah. Like. Michael Jackson, Prince, you know, <laughs> Queen, all like the like the Western, like kind of the pop era she's very big on. So, uh, yeah, definitely they had uh, big influences on me, like when it comes to when it comes to artistic taste. Did your parents meet in the States? They did. They did. They met in Wisconsin, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, they okay. were um, they were uh, in grad school. Each of them were in grad school. Do you have you ever been to Korea just like over for the summer or for the winter or how many times have you been if so I have I, I've been going since I was really little um and usually it's be like um it'd be like three or four years in between like every three or four years we'd go um and usually like for summer break I'd go and visit my family there um I actually my mom my sister and my dad are there right now they're visiting family so it, it, it's strange because it's like not enough to have like a very close connection with your extended family but at the same time, it's like you are familiar with your extended family because you've kind of like seen them in periods of time. So like, uh, yeah, our, our kind of dynamic is like we never have like, you know, like extended family over for Thanksgiving or Christmas or anything like that. It would just be, you know, me, my mom, my dad, my sister. But at the same time, it's all like I don't really think I'm missing out on much because I haven't, you know, been around them that much, you know, comparatively compared to other people. So um, that is one of the things that I guess is, is kind of like a thing to think about, um, especially if you are kind of like the first person, uh, born like in, in another place, uh, in your family. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's like, it, it's, it does like put things into perspective, you know, like when it comes to like the holiday seasons and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that just makes me closer with my, uh, immediate family. Like we're so like, yeah, like my 
they're my best friends. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Because you grew up in Florida, you said that you developed a Southern twang. <laughs> Was that right? I did. And you also fish as well. So you're quite... I do. I have my fishing rods right yeah, here. Yeah, I see. Your fishing... <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were like fencing <laughs> oh like fencing I, swords? I was like no 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 oh, no, no, no yeah like just fishes <laughs> was fishing something that your dad did or uh, i mean <laughs> all the all the dudes in my dad's side of the family are like huge into fish, fishing so definitely like growing up uh in florida which is like one of the best places you could go and fish like uh one of my many like great like childhood moments is like when my my family and i would just go to the pier and you know, fish for hours and, you know, like as a kid, you know, you're like, why am I, why am I not catching anything? But like in Florida, you know, you, you're bound to catch something. Uh, so it, it was, it was great fun. And I think especially in the past year for me, I've, um, I've gotten, I've, I've kind of gotten more, more back into my roots and like got into fishing more, uh, especially fly fishing, which was something new for me. Yeah, like last summer, I, I went on a road trip with one of my best friends and uh, up to Yellowstone, and, and we were fly fishing up there. And uh, just a, like a week or two ago, we were in Sequoia um, doing the same thing. So like fishing is definitely, for me at least, a meditative experience where, um, you know, it's like you're out there and you could just time, you could just sit out there and like time passes by and it, it feels like you're in the now, you know. I'm also really interested in how you came up with your artist name, Suave Punk. How did oh, that Suave come Punk. To be? Do people say Suave? Because I I always thought it was Suave. If people say Suave, it's it's either it's either one. Um, with the with the name, I think I came up with it quite funnily enough because I didn't have any ideas for any names. So um, that just happened to be the first song that I was working on. It was called Suave Punk. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? Like that's that's catchy. That's fun. I'm gonna take it. So I ended up just uh, just adopting adopting the title of my first uh, one of my first songs. <laughs> so most people know your the song that you recently released in June, I believe. Dreams of Losing Teeth. You you released it in June. Uh yeah. So actually, I released it last November. But I think uh, and, and it found some success because uh, it, it ended up being on. Spotify's uh, Fresh Finds, the Fresh Finds playlist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, along with the uh, Rock, Fresh Finds Rock, and um, I believe Fresh Finds Alternative or Indie. But yeah, it ended up on those playlists, and it found some success there. And that's actually how the uh, the record uh, company that I'm co- working with right now found me. They, uh, upon reaching out, we kind of figured out like a like this marketing strategy. We're gonna like re-release it with the uh, the new EP that I uh, made. Yeah, so we did a re-release. Uh, just this past month and then uh tomorrow is actually when the next single drops which is really Ooh, exciting wow, yeah well this single plus a music video <laughs> that's inc- I, I wanted to ask you about your record label so i uh, you're licensed under pack records the boutique record label mm-hmm. yeah i was going to ask i was curious like how how you were able to find a record label to represent you but i guess they were just they were scouting it was like yeah it just yeah. happened yeah, it's like all of a sudden I, I woke up to an email and I was like, oh, wow, uh, this is pretty cool. So, yeah, like it, it was several months in the making. Like we were doing uh, we were doing calls and, and stuff like that. But um, technically they're not managing me, but um, they are uh, doing a it was like, oh, a record uh, agreement. So, yeah, it's it's kind of like they are helping me out with the, the marketing and the um, representation type angle. But at the same time, I'm kind of. 
I'm kind of like creatively able to do my own thing, which I think is a great like happy medium. Um, so yeah. So I'm gonna dive into your the song that we're talking about. People are like, okay, great, but you know, I want to know more about yeah. the song. So the song, Dreams of Losing Teeth. You said you mm-hmm. released it last November, but the music video came out in June. Yeah. I was rewatching the music video a couple of times because uh-huh. honestly, I like kind of wanted to impress you with my knowledge of what the music video meant, but I'm really stumped, <laughs> to be honest. To be honest. So I'm gonna uh-huh. describe to the listeners what you know the visuals that we can see in the music video. For sure, for sure. You're taped to a dentist chair. I think it was a dentist chair, and there are it shots is a of you. Chair. <laughs> there are shots of you biking, there are shots of you running away from someone or something. There's mm-hmm. two shots of you floating in the air, and then there are a lot of uh-huh. point of view shots that we are seeing you from someone's mouth, and you can see like someone's teeth just like on the periphery of the of the Mm -hmm. of the frame and i'm like okay this is a i (laughs) this is really interesting instead of directly asking you what does this mean tell us the meaning let's try something out we're gonna do genius lyric style artist translations so if you know like the genius videos the artists will translate the lyrics so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. I guess go by stanzas or line, and I would love to know just what it means. So I'm going to go through the lyrics. For sure. Okay. (laughs) We're going to annotate them right now on air. Okay, Okay. for sure, for sure. The first line goes, Desperately, I woke up last night to my dreams of losing teeth. Yes. So uh, this song is, um, it's definitely from one of my, like, super low points, and like it's based on an actual dream that I had. Um, this was following like a breakup that I went through and like, I was going through a lot at the time. And like, you know, you get like fever dreams when you're kind of like, there's a lot on your mind and stuff. So yeah. Like I think for that, like for that line, I'm just uh, like describing, I was just describing an actual dream that happened to me. Uh, a dream where I was very, it was very vivid. Uh, I was losing my teeth and you could feel all like the the little nasty details, you know, like the, the roots popping and the blood and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like, uh, that, that was just more of like a description of what really happened to me. Um, and it goes, I guess the song is about that experience. Mm, I guessed rejection. So I was kind of right. I was kind (laughs) Kind of right. right. (laughs) It's like rejection, but like with extra steps, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or like okay. an entire thing happened and then like I was like, oh, okay, and it's over, yeah. Okay, and the next stanza, it says, got up this morning with tears in bed. I had a mm-hmm. dream of when you said, I'll always be in your corner. Well, you mm-hmm. know, I'll do the same for you. I'll always be in your corner. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to know more about that. That was uh, that was the thing that like uh, my significant other said to me and... This breakup was something that was like something that we don't both didn't want to happen, uh, but we thought it would be the best um, because we wanted you know each other in our lives. So it it was just kind of a reflection on that kind of thinking to myself. This sentiment of goodwill still uh, you know like I still hold it as well. You know, there's no kind of like bad blood at all, and it's just like I take comfort in that. Hmm. I'm going to skip to the next, next stanza. 
caught up in the circumstance it hurts to love with disconnect i don't want to let you go as new cuspids start to grow Mm -hmm. i had to search up cuspids um but (laughs) i'm going to translate what that means to listeners it's basically like a dog's canine tooth it's your tooth is very like triangular very yeah it's your it's your they're canines yeah so why how did you come up with that little stanza so it's like these like memories like in this dream are like going through my head and and um strangely enough in the dream uh as i was losing my teeth i could feel new teeth growing underneath if that makes any sense it's kind of freaky but actually i did some digging into like like freudian you know like dream analysis type stuff with like dreams uh where your teeth are falling out and it turns out it's a pretty common thing uh like the kind of the widely accepted meaning behind it is the person who is having that dream feels that their life is uh kind of entering a new chapter as to say uh especially when like you have like new teeth growing it's all like oh like i'm my my life is starting to uh like there's something else that's happening you know there's like there's another page that's turning and like the teeth dream actually uh actually i, I go back on that other thing uh that the dreams of losing teeth is you feel your life is um, going out of balance, you know, like it's a, it's kind of in turmoil. Uh, but then the new teeth, they kind of loosely mean that there's like a new chapter that's beginning for you. So I thought that was pretty like cool in line with like the, the song that I was writing. Um, I only found that out after I wrote the song. <laughs> do you dream a lot? And do you remember your dreams? I, I do dream a lot. I don't. I mean, really? <laughs> I just, I, really? Or, I, well, no. My friend, and I'll be like, no, actually, we all dream every night. It's just that you don't remember. And that's true. Don't it's remember, like, I don't yeah. remember any of my dreams. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, do remember my dreams. Um, and it's it's so strange because sometimes I'd forget them in the morning. And then, like, probably, like, a month later, I'm like, I had that dream. Wait a minute. Like, it's so weird. It's like deja vu that hits you out of nowhere. It's it's very it's very strange. It's very strange. Um because it, it's like a dream is basically like your mind is creating a different world, you know? Mm. Now I'm going to move to the last two lines. They say, Desperately, I woke up last night to my dreams of losing teeth. What it means, I don't know. But sorry, I don't have the lifetime warranty. Tell us about lifetime warranty. Lifetime warranty. It's like I'm, I'm basically apologizing. It's like, I'm sorry, uh, you know, like I can't stay forever. Uh, I'm sorry that for me, at least, like things, things are, it, things are like bound to change, you know, as I am right now. So it's kind of a bittersweet note. It's like, it's more of like, things won't work out now by the way I am, but you know, I, I, I at least try to, at least I'm going for a little bit note of like, whatever happens, you know, whatever happens, happens. Uh, but for me, like I got some exploration to do i have some like digging to do for myself so yeah it's that kind of uh, um that kind of meaning that i was going for Hmm. so tell us about your music video i detailed just now about the real the very strange shots that were happening in there how did you come up with these with those ideas and how was planning for your music video like um the planning was like it it was pretty uh it was pretty fun when it came to uh, figuring out like how the video was gonna play out because 
I, we didn't really want to go for like a narrative type thing where there's like a beginning, middle, and end. It was more of like an extended dream sequence. Um, so we had like variations between like shots that were, I guess, traditional in a sense, uh, but at the same time interplayed with images of just off the wall stuff, you know, uh, like the dentist chair stuff. And um, we wanted to kind of like meld like the different, you know, kinds of dreams that come with kind of your subconscious. So you have like your happy dreams, you have your nightmares, you have all these different kind of things. And, and like, I guess the character that I play within this video is kind of traversing all of that. And the only thing that's kind of constant is this kind of like message of the song. So that was kind of what we were going for. Um, all the like the little details, like all the, all the kind of like crazy set pieces and stuff that were in there were purely just like, oh, it would be really cool if we did this, you know, that type of uh, <laughs> that type of thing. Do you feel like because you started off as a filmmaker, mm-hmm. now that you're an artist, do you feel like you have that you feel comfortable in front of the camera? Uh, I would say I'm a lot more comfortable than uh, I, I, I would have been in the past, you know, um, I, I've definitely been kind of camera shy in the past, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to warm up to it. <laughs> yeah. Because you're making an EP. So more music videos, I assume will be coming. So that means Tomorrow. more standing in front of the camera. Wow. <laughs> um, tell us about your, your EP. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. So the EP is called, it's called, um, heaven is a night drive. And it's a collection of five songs. Um, Dreams of Losing Teeth is in it. One of the songs, or the single that I'm dropping tomorrow, is going to be on it as well. But yeah, it's kind of like a uh, a meditation on um, on loneliness. I would say loneliness and the thoughts that run through your head when there's nobody around that kind of like sense but at the same time it's uh it kind of like has moments where they where 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 kind of i revel in that and i think oh like oh to be alone you know that's that's one of like the hidden pleasures i guess uh for people um and you know it's not all good it's not all bad but you know when it happens um just do your best to enjoy it and and that kind of uh, that kind of sentiment. Yeah, the uh, title of it came from. Uh, I, I actually, for me, one of my kind of hobbies when I am feeling down or uh, or yeah, lonesome in a way is to uh, go on night drives. So like I drive like through LA and do all that kind of stuff, and it's like it's really peaceful. And you know, if you're just like listening to music, it's like it's an awesome time. Um, so yeah, it's like on one of those drives, I was thinking, oh wait, like. It'd be pretty cool if I made a song called Heaven is a Night Drive because at this point, like right now, this like on the road is nowhere. It, it, there's nowhere I want else that I want to be, you know, than on the road. So, yeah, that's that's how I kind of came up with the, the name of it. There's also a track um, on the EP, uh, the title track, uh, which is also called Heaven is a Night Drive as well. But that will be dropping when the EP drops. <laughs> I'm curious why you are deciding to drop an EP. 
instead of mm-hmm. an album. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like, why are you not releasing more songs? But yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, totally yeah. curious why it's an EP. It's totally due to like time constraints. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like, no, it was like, sure. uh, yeah, it was definitely due to time constraints. Um, but the project that I'm working on right now, since I finished the EP uh, a few months back, um, I've been working on an album right now. So mm. uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. totally just due to like, uh, I do not have time. We're gonna release on this date, so you know what? It's gonna it's EP hours. <laughs> Do you would you consider if your music becomes you know more known that you sell vinyl? <laughs> it's just sort of like an ode to your love for like '80s music and just oh, classic rock. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, I'd definitely be open to that. Um, I mean, I, I'm starting to, like, collect vinyl as well. So it's, like, I, I definitely, like, appreciate the kind of tactileness of the medium. So, yeah, no, I mean, if I if I get to that point, uh, there will most definitely be uh, swap punk vinyls. I will for sure buy because, okay, so I don't have a record player, and I really uh-huh. want one. And I'm not just saying it because all of her friends have a record player. Like, I don't want the Crossley, you know, little box yeah. record player. And I don't want to, yeah. like, buy a Harry Styles album. Like, that's not the kind of record player <laughs> person that I want to be known for. Like, uh-huh. so my, my dad, um, when he was in the States, or, well, he grew uh-huh. up just listening to a ton of vinyl. Well, many people in, you know, our yeah. previous generation yeah. listened to a lot of vinyl. And so he <laughs> has, like, boxes of vinyl in oh, our wow. grandparents' old house. And I just, uh-huh. like, oh, if we had a record player... It was just yeah. I want to steal, and there were a lot of yeah. them are 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 pirated vinyl. So it's like one side is maybe from this artist, and then the other side is like a other completely sides. different artist. Yeah. So I really want a record player because I because I really want to. I I, I also appreciate. I don't listen to pop music that much, so I also appreciate mm-hmm. like classic rock. I also appreciate um, indie, lo-fi, synth pop as mm-hmm. well, bedroom pop, and so. Like speaking of music, it's like I also really want to because I'm also a jazz appreciator. Um, nice, the the, nice. radio, the radio station that I grew up listening to in Taipei, and I still do mm-hmm. in the car. We only put on that radio. It radio station it's FM ninety nine point seven plays uh-huh. jazz, old school rock, uh, and also just like a lot of classical music. So that's where I also uh-huh. usually gravitate towards. And so that's sweet, why I sweet. really want a record player so that I could really yeah. appreciate those old songs. I'm not just like, right, I feel right. like listening on Spotify, it just feels a little, it just feels a little artificial, but I feel yeah. like to be able to deal with the, with the discs, with the vinyl, exactly. it's just, it's exactly. a more exciting process. So and hopefully like, you have vinyl. It's, I definitely think like listening uh, music on vinyl records has opened me up to listening to albums all the way through. On Spotify, I don't really see myself doing that, and I like it's kind of been like a pattern for me where I just like like save like individual songs from artists instead of like the entire album. Like I wouldn't listen mm-hmm. to like entire mm-hmm. albums th- like all the way through, but with vinyl, that's definitely kind of like changed my outlook on that. And like I started seeing albums as like a holistic piece, you know, um, one that's kind of meant to be heard all the way through. And yeah, it's like, it's kind of changed my outlook on, on music uh, that way. So um, especially with this upcoming album, I'm, I'm starting to experiment with kind of uh, little uh, tricks and Easter eggs, you know, like if, if someone's listening through the album all the way through. So yeah, 
I, I, I think it's a very valuable experience to listen to music on, on vinyl. Yeah. And I think if you were to listen on Spotify, I think one of the things that I used to do, but I don't do anymore, is that mm-hmm. I used to shuffle songs. And the way songs are placed for an album, they're placed strategically. And it has, it's right. like, it, it sort of has a beginning, middle, end. And so yeah. whenever yeah. I make a playlist for friends, I'm like, do not shuffle because I strategically place the songs in a specific yeah. order. So yeah, that's something that uh, the digital age has yeah, kind of stripped definitely, definitely. musicians of. Um, <laughs> do you so do you see yourself working as a filmmaker and an artist in LA, or do you are you open to other parts of the world? <laughs> um, I mean, currently, I'm 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 really uh, it's 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 strange because I I'm, I really want to um, I've always wanted to be. Uh, in in film and and uh be making you know feature films and stuff but i think in my time in college i really kind of opened up my eyes to um other avenues like within the same kind of field so like you know like now like i'm kind of open to a lot of things you know it'd be really cool to work in like tv and like be a creator of a show or like you know like still be in like the feature film thing but at the same time i like I think if there's a creative element to it and a storytelling element to it, I, uh, my attention is there. I think my, my, yeah, my options and kind of like my selection is very open when it comes to working, um, which is a good and a bad thing. It's like, good thing is it's like, there's so many, like, you know, the world is your oyster. Uh, bad thing is like senior year is almost here. So, uh, yeah, you better figure something out so you can pay the bills, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, before I hop into our rapid fire questions, uh, okay. I would like to ask where can we best find your work and support your work so that the <laughs> listeners can find out more about you? Oh, for sure. For sure. So on, uh, Spotify, definitely Spotify or the other DSPs like Apple music. Uh, I think I'm also on Amazon title. Uh, yeah, all the DSPs that'd be, um, yeah, definitely word of mouth. Like if it's totally up to anybody who's listening, you know, like if you think it's whack, go ahead, criticize me, you know, like put me on blast. But, um, if you think it's good at the same time, yeah. What's your Instagram handle? Is it also just suave punk? Yeah, it's uh, at Suave Punk, no space in between. Um, yeah. Great. You snagged that username. That's really great. <laughs> yeah. Got to get there before anybody else did. Let's move on to the rapid fire questions. So I always rapid do 10 questions, questions for uh-huh. my guests and I always try okay. to mix them up so they're all sweet, fresh. Sweet. So you don't get to cheat okay. by listening to the previous <laughs> episodes. Okay. Number one. What's the best prank you've ever thought of? My best prank I've ever thought of. Well, this is kind of a borrowed prank, but um, did you ever read the Captain Underpants like book series growing up? Mm, not really. No, no. I saw well, them in the library, okay. but like, never borrowed a copy. Okay, so there's like in third grade, I saw one of like the pranks that they did in the book, and it was like absolutely pre- like pretty. It was pretty ingenious. It involves two ketchup packets, and he put it under the, uh, the like, the two lumps on, like, a toilet seat, um, and he folds the ketchup packets. So whenever someone sits down, like, the ketchup packets explode, but they shoot towards, like, their socks and their underwear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've man. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> I also borrowed a prank in, uh-huh. I think it was in seventh or eighth grade. I was in computer class, 
and uh-huh. it was April Fool's Day, and I went to computer class early so that I could put like post-it notes underneath each of the the mice, <laughs> the mice, the mouses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. and so that the mm-hmm. so that when everyone came in and tried to log in on the computers, yeah. it's like their cursor wasn't moving at all. Yeah, yeah and so a lot of people thought I was broken. A lot of people kept like restarting their computers, but then they like uh-huh. turned the mouse over, and I was like. Hey. <laughs> but that's that's the that's the only prank that I could think of for me. But it was borrowed, sure, so not sure. original. <laughs> Number two, this this also uh, increases in spice level. <laughs> Number okay. two, what artist do you not like? Um, funnily enough, you mentioned him earlier, but Tyler the Creator. You don't like I, Tyler the Creator. I do not like Tyler the Creator. Um, yeah, it just seems like lots of times it's like. His music is just background noise happening and him talking. And it's just like, I guess that works for some people. It's all, you know, it's all subjective, but not my thing. It's it's not my kind of thing. I also agree with you with that because I'm not, I think because our music tastes are pretty similar. I don't like a lot mm-hmm. of background noise. And I think, I think that's why we don't listen to pop because many times for pop music, mm-hmm. it can be very loud. Yes. So yeah, I yeah. agree. But then when I was watching sort of recordings of Tyler the Creator's concerts, I think it's a way uh-huh. different experience when you go to his concert and it's very performative. And I think yeah. maybe it's like you might like it better when you go to the concert. For but sure. For when sure. I listen to the music itself, I also feel like it's very... It, it feels kind of not flat. Not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Not my thing. But oh my I gosh, mean, so definitely, I know, I know he is a character. I know he's yeah, a he character. Is. So he like... Is. It's like I, I enjoy the memes that people make and like like Ty, the Tyler the Creator memes are like a one, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into the uh, concert the concert footage. That seems interesting. Number three, how do you like your eggs? Very general. Soft boiled egg, you know. It's kind of has like the runny yolk in the center. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Number four, do you think aliens exist? Oh, one hundred percent. I mean. It'd be completely, like, like implausible for us to be the only, like, sentient beings, you know? And, like, uh, I, have, you, have you seen the new, uh, the footage from, from Pentagon, from the Pentagon? About, I've like, heard of it, but I haven't UFOs seen it, though. And stuff? Like, it's, like, it. basically, like, they, they're, they're, like, confirming that aliens are, like, yeah, like, these, these, these are aliens. Um... Yeah, it'd be it'd be really cool. And one of the thoughts that I had uh, when I was little, actually, regarding this topic, was um, when I'd stargaze. Like when I was little, like when I'd be- feel like lonely or sad or something, I'd stargaze. Um, and I would always think to myself, like as a little kid, I'm like, I I I hope there's somebody, there's like another little kid um, out there somewhere that's doing the same thing and uh, thinking like, you know thinking about me, you know, <laughs> uh, as I think about them. And it's that kind of like idea where it's all like, uh, it's comforting to know that you're not alone. And um, it's that it's that kind of idea. Sometimes I don't, I feel, I question why aliens don't just make a more public appearance because sometimes it's like yeah. people have encounters with them, but it's like, it's in the woods or it's like in a city. Right, I was like, right. can they stage themselves and be like in the middle of exactly. Times Square? And like, so it could just, so exactly. could just be proven, you know? Exactly. Like they have like bright neon like spandex suits and they're like, hey. Um, so <laughs> we're maybe like not here. Times Square because everyone dresses up there, so that's not a good Exa- place. They'll probably think they're like a th- yeah. I think at one point aliens have seen like a Tesla just fly across them and they're like, yeah. oh, there goes another like, one. <laughs> they're like, uh, don't know about that one. <laughs> Number five, would you ever change your hairstyle? 
my everyone, like Justin has long, not long hair, but it's to his neck length. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it, like being in college, like I changed my hair a lot because I I think freshman year I came in with like the normal like like uh, mid part, but it was like short. But then like all of a sudden I decided wow, I'm going to grow my hair out and, like, and not get it cut for a year and see what happens. And then, like, I once had it, like, grown past my shoulders. That was, like, when I was rushing, like, DKA, so, like, sophomore year. Like, yeah, no, 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 you hair, had long like, hair. Past my shoulders. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And then I decided to cut it off last summer. Um, and then I'm starting to, like, it's, it's kind of in a weird state right now because I've been indecisive of what I wanted to do. Um, cause I, I'm, I've been like thinking, should I just grow it out again or like get a mullet? And I'm like leaning towards getting a mullet. <laughs> yeah. If anyone out there who listens to this can cut a good mullet, <laughs> let us know. Please, please Let's let me know. No. Number <laughs> six, you're directing a sci-fi thriller. Name the three people you would cast. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Um, uh, Liam Neeson. And mm-hmm. for some reason, um, Ela Fisher. <laughs> Why? Or they were just like the first three people that came into your mind? They were like the first three people. I don't, I mean, Steve Buscemi for me, like he's great actor. I mean, but at the same time, like he has like alien features. So like <laughs> we could like make him into an alien and stuff like that. Um, that's, that's no, uh, that's no smoke for, uh, towards Steve Buscemi. Love that guy. But it's just like, you know, he has a very distinctive look. Um, Liam Neeson, I don't know. He's like, that's just a name that popped in my mind. And um, Ela Fisher, she's great. And like, when I was thinking like sci-fi, I thought of comedy for some reason. And Ela Fisher is great in like comedy films. Like, like uh, she was great in like Hot Rod, which is like this like comedy film from, from 2007. But like, yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> I just see them in a sci-fi mm. comedy. I would love to cast Anya Taylor Joy. She just does so oh, good in horror, and, th- yeah, and her yeah, yeah, yeah. her face is yeah. like her eyes are so wide and so apart that uh, <laughs> I, I I can't like Sid I, the Sloth from uh, from Ice <laughs> Age. Oh man, uh, yeah, exactly so, like that. That's so foul. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's so stunning. Like I, I'm so excited for Last Night in Soho. I can't wait for that mm, movie to come out. Yeah, 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 oh, I'm yeah. Such a, I'm such a big fan of her. Anyways. <laughs> Great she was in Split, answer. right? She was in yeah, Split. she was in Split. Yeah, she was, she Split. was great in that movie. Uh, number eight. No, sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Number seven. Number seven. Name one interesting thing you took from a film set. Uh, you see, I don't really take too much stuff from film sets. Ah, right answer. That's a good like, one. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have too many big stories about... Yeah. I don't have a big story too because for for Chapman films I've acted in Chapman films and so I've always yeah. taken like clothes <laughs> because right. you don't get paid as a Chapman actor. <laughs> oh wait, wait, that just reminds me. Yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. forgot to to return the uh, the wardrobe to the uh, <laughs> to the oh. to the costume designer. I still have the wardrobe. Never mind. That's the one. I gotta, oh, okay, I gotta let her know. I totally forgot. I still have that. And we shot like three weeks ago or like. Yeah, three and a half weeks ago. So, <laughs> was it a good wardrobe? Is that why you subconsciously great. didn't want to return it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I mean, like the the act the actors looked amazing. So maybe subconsciously, I uh, I was like, yo, this is this is a nice cop. 
Number eight. Now, this is number eight. Mm -hmm. You could lose some friends with this question. Okay. Who do you think is the best Avenger and why? Damn. I gotta say... I gotta say the Incredible Hulk. He's the best Avenger. Um, Because, I mean, like... It's like the duality of humanity with him, you know? It's like, he's he could be very, like, calm and collected and very, like, analytical, but when he gets angry, you know, he gets angry. Um, and it's just, like, it, it's very interesting just to see, like, that dichotomy, um, like, from a character standpoint. And it's just, like, how those two characters, like, you know, like, the, the, green, the green Hulk and then Bruce Banner, you know, how they, like, kind of... Um, like, even when they're in those, like, two different forms, how the other kind of, like, influences their mind, you know? And it's like, that comes from good comedy as well. So, I think, I think, I gotta say it's, yeah, it's the Hulk. Chill, overall That's chill guy. That's a really great answer, because usually people are just stuck in the war between Cap and Iron Man. But you yeah. put out Green Hulk, and everyone's like, huh! <laughs> exactly! <laughs> That's an exactly. answer. So, uh, smart answer as well. Um, very Thank interesting you. answer. I I always I haven't seen WandaVision yet, but then I've always loved Scarlet Witch. I think she's just been Yeah. I mean she's just freaking she's cool. She's, she's cool. cool. Yeah. I'm currently watching Loki with my sister right now. Uh, it's a that? great show. And it's funny oh. as well. It's funny okay, as well. Okay. So For yeah, sure. Marvel just does so well with I mean sometimes people don't like the comedy putting yeah. in they're like, oh, because I, I guess the comedy aspect started coming in becoming a thing when guardians came out and people are exactly, thinking well exactly. no everything is just like guardians again but i i don't right. know I, don't, I disagree i think it's it's a marvel thing it's not just a guardians yeah. thing it's like quirky clean you know it's 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 and it's just fun you know um and i, and I understand like humor is like subjective but you know it's mm-hmm. it's not doing any harm <laughs> if this question were not just uh-huh. avenger related if it were just like marvel character i would probably say jean gray because when i saw mm, x-men and she's yeah. like one of my favorite mutants i mean yeah. she was like she's like messed up but she's really yeah. powerful as well and when people ask what kind of superpower would you like to have people are like oh i would like to fly i like to teleport yeah. i like to read minds i would love her power of levitation because mm. in a way it's kind of like a two-in-one kind right, of set right. deal you levitate you can add things can move but if you levitate yourself that means you can also fly so exactly like, mm. exactly wait a minute <laughs> there's there's you're thinking on like 14 different dimensions right now it's just like wait a minute i can i can do a lot of things with that <laughs> yeah and she can read minds as well so yeah i think she's one of my favorite marvel characters but avenger nice. wise I, I would say scarlet mm-hmm. witch number nine Ooh. tell us an interesting shower thought you've had interesting shower thought this is so strange because like for me shower thoughts and like dreams kind of like take opposites like i remember dreams but i forget shower thoughts <laughs> it's uh so weird i think um i think i think once i was I, I was thinking to myself um for some reason like one of my hobbies is like uh it, it, it is learning about like anthropology like cultural anthropology like just looking that up, like doing research on that. And like, especially when it comes to uh, like human migration and uh, like language, you know? Um, So like once in my, 
it, it, in like a sh the shower that I was taking, I was just created a mental map of like the languages that I knew and like, or like not knew how to speak, but the languages, like the origins and, you know, like, like the geography of where they came from and just kind of made a mental map for myself of how they were related. That was one of the things that I, I a shower thought that I had, like, uh, like the Indo-European languages and their links to uh, Northern India, you know, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, but those <laughs> have also like, they were around the Dravidian languages and the Dravidian languages, you know, that entire thing. Uh, Do you yeah. take long <laughs> showers? Because that, <laughs> that requires a very long process of thought. It, uh, but my showers are very short, <laughs> so they don't really like take uh, take too much thought time for me. Uh, but it was something that I think it was before that I was just like on like a deep dive on on uh, language families and stuff like that, and it's just like I just carried that over to the shower. Oh, would you be interested in taking like a DNA or a genealogy test? Have you ever done that before? I always wanted to. I mean, my parents are like, you're probably, you're, you're definitely 100% Korean. I'm like, well, I mean, Koreans themselves came from, free, like, from, yeah, from East Siberia. So, like, there's a lot, there's a lot to dissect there, you know? It'd be very interesting. I, I, it'd be very interesting. Like the 23andMe one, mm -hmm. like that one, I, I'd be down to take, take one of those tests. Because Margaret Cho, the com comedian, she's mm -hmm. Korean American, but then she took the DNA test. Mm -hmm. She's a hundred percent Chinese. Wow, <laughs> yeah. wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> so my shower thoughts are definitely not as profound as yours. No, maybe they are. They, Let me yeah, tell you that. I had two. <laughs> so the first shower thought I had is like, mm. where do mosquitoes live? Or uh -huh. when it rains, where do they go? <laughs> so that's one that I had. And then the second one, I think uh -huh. this one is. This will blow your mind. So I remember going to Disneyland yeah. and freshman during orientation week, I skipped two days of orientation, one day to go to Disneyland, the other day to go to Universal Studios with my family. Nice. Did nice. not regret the decisions. Exactly. And when I went <laughs> to Disneyland's um, Mickey Mouse Toontown, yeah. I realized that Mickey and Minnie had separate houses. If they're a married couple, why do they have separate houses? Are, what kind of marriage is that? Are they Are they married? Are Mickey and Minnie married? You know, you would, or at least if they have a strong relationship mm -hmm. for decades, mm -hmm. why are they still living in separate houses that are right next to each other? <laughs> but why are they not living together? That's just oh. a question I had. That's interesting. <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're both pursuing their own uh, their own careers, and <laughs> you know they're very hardworking, independent uh, career people. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe that's it. Uh, okay. And the final one. This is the same one that I ask for all of my guests. Okay. Describe your ideal happy hour drink. Does not have to be alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Anything you please. Damn. I think my ideal happy hour drink is gotta be... Uh, I love whiskey sours. I love, love, love whiskey sours. And it's very, like, simple to make them. It's, it's just whiskey and... Uh, lemon juice but the thing is it's like it goes down so smooth and it's like there's a sweetness to it too I would say like it feels like 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 an alcoholic like uh, happy hour drink whiskey sours that's the way to go non-alcoholic I would say I gotta go back to the classics I'd probably say just a nice like tall glass of apple juice like airplane apple juice <laughs> <laughs> I guess like the Mott's, yeah, like the Mott's apple juice, like ice cold. Yeah, I love apple juice. 
I feel like many people listening <laughs> will feel like you are an older person born into a young man's body. <laughs> it's like you love whiskey sour, you uh-huh. love fishing, <laughs> you love, you know, 80s music and... <laughs> thank you, thank you. I That's honestly, really cool it's persona like, that you I, have I, going I on. I kind of like look back at myself and I'm like, yeah... You're 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 pretty uncool. <laughs> you're like a suburban dad. I'm like, I think to myself, like, is this is this too suburban dad of me? You know, um, but yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, those are my those are my ten questions, and you've passed with flying colors. Sweet. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me for happy hour. It's thank you so much. I for always love me. talking to. It, this show, it was really born from connecting with creatives, but it's not just connecting with new creatives. I've had so many friends come on the show, too, that I just want to get to know more about. And I feel like I know you better now from the hour conversation that we mm-hmm. had. So I really appreciated this chat. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been so fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Happy Hour. If you like this episode, be sure to share this podcast and give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your pods. And leave us a review. It only takes a minute. For more Happy Hour exclusive information, follow us on Instagram at Happy Hour Pod. That's H-A-A-P-I-H-O-U-R-P-O-D. If you have potential guests you want featured on the show, send us an email at happyhourpodcast at gmail.com. H-A-A-P-I-H-O-U-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. I'm Melissa Cho. Thank you for spending happy hour with me and my guest today. And I'll see you for another round very soon.